You see, when the heart speaks right, the lips can never speak wrong. I have people all the time, Pastor, I'm going to go pray for somebody. How do I know what I'm going to say if it's going to be the right thing? If the heart speaks right, if you've made right choices, God, I'm going as your servant. I'm an emissary for you, God. I'm an ambassador for you, Lord. I made the right choice, so I got no choice but to make right words. Because who is now the one governing the words? So now put this in your personal life, not just the fact of you're praying for somebody or, or going out to help somebody, whatever. Look at this. Right choices deliver right words. The result is they'll open the right doors. Guaranteed. Welcome to the Destined to Win podcast with pastor and teacher Tim Masters. Pastor Tim is the senior pastor of Victorious Life Christian Center in Flagstaff, Arizona. I'm Joe Harding, inviting you to join us for worship services Sunday mornings at 10 at 2615 East 7th Avenue across from Cal Ranch. For more information on the ministries of Victorious Life Christian Center or to make a donation, visit us online at vlccaz.org. That's VLCCAZ.org. Now, with today's message, here's Pastor Tim Masters. I cannot tell you how many people in my, in my three-plus decades of pastoring have come up to me and say, Pastor, I've gone too far. I've done too much. I don't have the ability to start over. I don't have the ability to overcome or even hope for what is possibly yet to be. But I want to, share, I want to start out with sharing a very simple truth, and it's in your notes, folks. It is never too late to start fresh. It is never too... Are you breathing? Go ahead, take a big old lung full of air. Are you breathing? then you're in the ability of making this the best year ever. But I'm going to give you a couple little things before I jump into this. And, they're both, and they're, neither one of them are on the screen, but they're in your notes. And I, I, I did this because I want you to underline them. The first line is there in your notes. Now is a great time to reflect on the year gone by. Underline that, highlight it, whatever in your notes. Now is a great time. You say, Pastor, I want to forget about the year gone by. No, you don't. You want to reflect on it. You see, you want to talk about the triumphs. You want to talk about the victories, the, the things you've achieved, the time with family, with friends, the good time, the good choices. But then I have one more thing that I want you to underline in your notes. Not only is it a good time to stop and reflect on the year gone by, if you are to grow and develop, underline this, if you are to grow and develop, you have to look back at and acknowledge the things that challenged you and did not go as well as you wanted. You see, too many times, we just want to forget and move on. 
You can't. As much as you want to. As much as I want to. I have to look at these things. Folks, I'm talking about making this the best year ever. And I want to give you some nuggets this morning, if, I, if you allow me, because the reality is sometimes I, I preach this kind of message. This message and next, month, next week's message, message, this message and next week's message, you do not want to miss. These, these are the two messages that I prepared for this first year. Matter of fact, next week's message, I meant to be the first of this series. My wife was going through and she proofs all my stuff because sometimes um, I've been accused of talking like Yoda. I know some of y'all don't ever catch that, but every once in a while I try to catch myself. But, uh, and not only do I talk like, I write like Yoda sometimes. And my wife looks at this thing and she reads it and says, What? Like I say, folks, I always ask you, does this make, it all makes sense to me, but it doesn't always make sense to everybody else. And so uh, I put that together and she, and she saw a line in there that I talked about this December because it was going to be December. Uh, I, you need to do certain things. And so uh, as I was putting the series together, I really felt the Lord said, no, that needs to be your last part of this series. So these next two, this one and next week, you do not want to miss, okay? If you are to grow... And to develop, you must look back. You must look back. And then the things that I want you to underline in double capital circle, acknowledge the things that challenged you and didn't go as you wanted them to. Because there's a question you have to ask yourself, how did I get there? It didn't, folks... God is not a God of fate. People think, well, if I just show up there, it must be fate. That's not how God works. You made a choice. Now, I know we don't like to, oh, it's not my fault. I mean, it just, no, 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 no. Somewhere we made a choice. That choice may have been weeks earlier, months earlier. But something happened that got you into that place that you may not have been or should have been. Or it may be a place you should exactly have been, but you didn't handle it correct. Somewhere in there, you've got to stop and look at it. Because nothing happens in God's kingdom by accident. If you're a child of God, nothing happens in His kingdom. Okay? Are you okay? So let me inject this here. It's in your notes. There is nothing wrong with setbacks. Say that with me. There is nothing wrong with setbacks. Let's say it again. There is nothing wrong with setbacks. You see, I believe, ladies and gentlemen, that if we don't have obstacles to overcome in life, we can't grow. We can't learn. If you ever did, as a child, I remember, I think we I, I remember us doing this, or I remember reading about it, or, or watching a video. You ever try to help a, a butterfly out of its cocoon? What happens to that butterfly? Most of the time, it'll die. Why? It has to have the struggle to live. It has to. We want to get rid of all the struggles. You can't live. 
you got to have the struggle to live. Thomas Watson, who was the founder of IBM, we don't hear that name a lot anymore, but he used, it was basically like the father, if you will, of the, of the major computer systems today. And this kind of went to different names and different things, but it's always in there. He made this statement so many years ago. He said, if you want to increase the rate of your success, you better be prepared to increase the rate of your struggle, the rate of your failure, the rate of your difficulty. What he is saying, you're going to have setbacks, but that's okay. Step back and get ready for your comeback. So quickly in your notes, number one, choices can guide us or deter us. Choices can guide us or deter us. You say, well, preacher, I'm just going to stop making choices. You got no choice. You got to make choices. But you got to decide who's going to wear the crown before you start those choices. And if he's wearing the crown, guess what? Even if it's the wrong direction, he can turn it back. That's why David was called a man after God's own heart. He made lots of bad choices on purpose. But he was really trying to please God. Now, I've got some things on your screen, and I want you to see this. What I have learned when I became a Christian, look at this. When I became a Christian, I learned that all my choices, all, say that with me, all my choices will either lead me to or take me from. Look at this. The victory God before ordained for you to walk in. All my choices. Not some, all my choices will either lead me to or take me from. And then I want you to underline in your notes, please, the before ordained. Now let me take you to the scriptures. Ephesians chapter 2, verse 10. Look what it says here. We are God's masterpiece. Some of your translations say his workmanship. He has created us anew in Christ Jesus. Now look at this. Let me break it down for you. Okay, let me go to this side of the room for a second. We are God's masterpiece. Now look what happens. He created the masterpiece. Did you know when you were born, you were not a copy, you were an original? So let me ask you, why are you trying to be like everybody else? He made you an original. Okay? We are God's masterpiece. And then look what it says here. He created us anew when we gave our life to Jesus. We were created his masterpiece, but it wasn't until we gave our life to Jesus that we became new. What were we, what were we before that? A copy trying to copy the world, trying to be like everybody else. Look what it says here. He made us anew. Why did he make us anew? First, for, uh, 2 Corinthians 5, 17 says, If any man is in Christ Jesus, all things are passed away, and behold, all things, say that with me, all things become new. 
he made us anew. Why did he have to make us anew? The Bible tells us to renew our minds. How do we renew our minds? In God's word, God's plan, God's purpose. You want to know God's plan? You got to read God's word. You want to know God's purpose? You got to read God's word. Well, I come to church. That's wonderful. How many of you eat once a week? I'm not thinking so. Okay? If all you get of God is Sunday morning, you're going to die. Okay. He has to make us new. Am I making sense? Somebody shake your head with me like this. Or, yeah, okay. You got it? So, I'm saying all that, so, say so with me, so we can do the good things he planned for us before. You see, he's got to. He created us as a masterpiece. We gave our life to Christ. He renewed us just so we could get in the path that he foreordained for us. Man, that's good preaching. Now, now, let me step on a couple toes. Just one or two. Pull, pull your toes back. All of us have hopes and dreams. But if you want a brand new year, you want the best year ever, you have to let God wipe that slate clean. That he can put his hopes and dreams for you. And I promise you, his hopes and dreams for you are better than you could ever imagine. You know what the Bible tells me? Once again, over to Corinth, Paul wrote some good stuff to Corinth. Look what he said. I has not seen, nor ear heard, neither has it entered the heart of man the things that God has prepared for those that love him, that give him the victor's crown. Are, are you all starting to get this? That must have been Mr. Cody. Shout it out. God loves People ask me, Pastor, how do I know I'm walking in God's plan and direction? He's wearing the crown, not you, and you're living for him. If those two things are happening, the path you're on is the path he created for you. But what about the struggles? Can't have life without struggle. It may be a cocoon of transformation where God is trying to leave the old, get you to the new. But you've got to get bound up in Him before your wings can spread to fly. Mm. In this new year, in this new year, what I decide for or against can set the order of everything that follows. That's why the Bible says to keep first things first. What I have learned, and I want you to hear this, and it's, it's on the screen because I do not want you to miss it. What I have learned, go, uh, whether it's daily, weekly, monthly, or annually, my first decision will set the tenor for the day, the week, the month, the year. That's why you can't miss next week. 
Because I'm going to teach you the difference between a resolution and a resolve. All of us make resolutions, and I can guarantee 99.9% of you fail. Because it's not about resolutions. It's about a resolve. Whether it's daily, weekly, monthly, annually, the very first thought I have. People say, well, I, I throw those first thoughts away. Why? They're the, probably the only one you get from God. Now, don't get me wrong. I'm talking about the child that has already put the crown on his head and is already walking in him. How do I know I'm walking in him? He's the king. I'm the subject. Am I making sense this morning? First things are so critically important in Scripture. Look at Proverbs chapter 18. It's on the screen. I'm going to go through this rather quickly because I want to get you out to lunch sometime before 3. I am. Proverbs 18. I, I love God's Word. <laughs> I love God's Word. I get into God's Word, and, and people, uh, you know, I've had people over the years say, well, how do you preach, people? I'm people, uh, pe- preacher. I'm a topical preacher. What a topical means is that I preach life application. I'm not an exegetical preacher. I love exegesis, okay? I, I love to sit and, and dissect Scripture. So when I do the things on Sunday morning, one of the greatest compliments that I've ever gotten, my wife's heard it a thousand times, and I've heard it, you know, uh, uh, ten, ten times that probably. Pastor, when I come to church on Sunday morning, you make the Word of God understandable. What greater compliment could I get? Because that's, folks, if you leave here saying, oh, that was good, what did he preach? I don't know, but it was good. (laughs) Then it doesn't help a whole lot. If you can understand it, that means you can live it. That's why I tell people, you pray a prayer that does great for the head, but you make a decision, it gets it to the heart. And then you make a resolve, it gets to the feet. How was that, Christian? (laughs) Okay, yeah, still don't walk. I can't can't do that walk thing, you know. So, Proverbs 18, look at this. Look at this. This is good stuff. Don't worry about the camera right now. I'm right here. Okay, look at this. From the fruit of their mouth, a man's stomach is filled. Now, think about that. From the fruit of the mouth, the man's stomach is filled. We laugh, but that's exactly what the Word of God's saying. From the fruit of the mouth, the man's stomach is full. Look at this. With the harvest of their lips, they're satisfied. Why do we think we'll be satisfied if all we do is talk doom and gloom? If we talk about what wasn't instead of about what yet can be. If we talk about what didn't happen instead of what is happening. And then the third phrase there is what tells us the whole issue. Look at it. The tongue has the power of life and death. And whoever uses this are making a decision what they're going to eat. This is why we have to ask ourselves, 
how did I get where I was last year? How did I get? Why did I go through what I went through? Okay, let me, I, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to jump down here a little bit, okay? You, you got the point, and I want you to look at your notes because I, I put some theological stuff in there, but I'm not going to take some time on it. But I want you to look at that power, that message again. From the fruit of their mouth, a man's stomach is filled. You wonder sometimes why things don't go wrong, don't go right, and you just got up in the morning. What'd you do the first thing? Did you pray? Did you make sure the, the crown was on the right place? Did you make sure you were going the right direction? You say, well, Pastor, how do I know if I'm going the right direction if I just got up? What's the reason you live and breathe? The harvest of their lips brings satisfaction. Number two in your notes. Am I making sense this morning? Is this clear? Are you, are you getting it? Okay? Right choices deliver right words. Right choices. Okay, today, God, you're the victor. You got the crown. Today, Lord, you're the king. I'm the subject. Today, Lord, I don't have a clue what's going to happen. I'm fixing to get out of bed. I don't know what's going to happen. But God, it doesn't make a difference. Why? You're in charge. Right choices. That is my choice. The very first thing I do when I get out of bed. So guess what's going to happen now? It's going to deliver right words. It's going to deliver. You see, when the heart speaks right, the lips can never speak wrong. I have people all the time, Pastor, I'm going to go pray for somebody. How do I know what I'm going to say if it's going to be the right thing? If the heart speaks right, if you've made right choices, God, I'm going as your servant. I'm an emissary for you, God. I'm an ambassador for you, Lord. I made the right choice, so i got no choice but to make right words. Because who is now the one governing the words? So now put this in your personal life, not just the fact of you're praying for somebody or, or going out to help somebody, whatever. Look at this. Right choices deliver right words. The result is they'll open the right doors. Guaranteed. Let me give you an example. I still remember the first day I told my wife I loved her. We weren't married. We were dating. Now, I know it's going to come to a shock for most of y'all, but it was in a coffee shop. I'd driven 150 miles to have a cup of coffee with her, and I told her I was just around the corner. Hey, folks. Yeah, when you want to be with who you want to be with, it can be a million miles, and it's just around the corner. So I, I, I was sitting in there, and, and I, I, I sat there, and, and I, you know, I was nervous. But what happened? I made right choices. I already knew this was the chick for me. So I knew what God was doing, and so you know what I did? I delivered the right words. I love you, baby. 
Okay, it wasn't quite like that, but... Okay, if you want to learn how to do it right, see Pastor Ray and Bev. Or some of the rest of our marriage ministry, they'll teach you how to do it right. So anyway, I was saying, <laughs> oh, Lord. <laughs> I was nervous as, you know, I, okay, what's her response? Of course you do. What could her response be? Okay. But listen to me. I made the right choice. You know, before my wife and I ever got married, we dated for almost two years. And I said, God, I, I have these feelings about her. I love her. But God, I'll walk away today if it isn't the woman you love for me. My right choice is I knew the destiny God had for my life. And I could have detoured or followed direction. Some of us have done that. You have to go back and look, how did I get there? Am I making sense this morning? I made the right choice. God, I want nothing more than the best you have for me. Therefore, when it was time to deliver the right words, they were there. And God opened the right doors. And can I tell you something? She said, I love you, and it was like a symphony. Even today, I never tire hearing those three little words. Right choices bring right words. And always open right doors. I'll never forget the first time I led somebody to Christ. Now here, I'm a, young, I'm a young guy, and I'm, I'm going to lead him to the Lord. And they were there. They were on the edge. They were ready to pray the sinner's prayer. But I still had a 200-point sermon to finish. <laughs> they're sitting there, and they're waiting for me to pray with them. It's almost like, shut up already. Tell me what to do. What must I do? It's like when I preached my first sermon. I tell you what, I'm not sure who was in more pain, them or me. It was the longest 14 minutes of my life. They humored me. I didn't hear that, and I probably don't want to hear it, so I'm going on. Okay, now I want to make some quick statements, okay? And I want to, I want to oh, Lord Jesus. I'm going to make some statements, folks. I have never made a New Year's resolution since I've become a Christian. God taught me a long time ago. Now, don't get me wrong, I have set professional and personal goals over the years, but typically, when a new year comes, you know what I do? Is I simply climb aboard the boat, let out the sails, and hold on to the rudder, rudder and I fix my gaze on the horizon. Why? I made right choices already. He is the captain of my ship. He is the captain of my ship. Each day is filled with uncharted waters, unscheduled hazards, but the journey is amazing. Why? He's the captain of my ship. Now, don't, don't get me wrong. I don't want to sound Pollyanna. I wonder about the new year. 
I wonder about decisions and challenges, excesses and failures, but some of the things just don't bother me. How, you know, I know folks, you know what they get? You know how they figure out their new year? They go to the grocery store and they start reading the periodicals. Elvis is alive. You know the ones I'm talking about. They're in every grocery store stand. They found a two-headed alien. Frankenstein is real. The brain transplant succeeds. And they read those magazines and they think, well, I got it figured out. Or they do something else. They look to the stars. Folks, why look to the stars when I can look to the one who made the stars? If that's how you figure your journey, find another grocery store. Let me give you David's beginning, Psalm 145. It's on the screen. Look at this. This is what David said. Every new year, every day, every hour, every month, every week, look what he said. I'll praise you, my king, my God. I'll honor your name forever and ever. I'll honor you every day and praise your name forever and ever. The Lord is great, and our praise to him should be great. Look at David. He said, this is my new year. This is how I set it out. Let's go on here. He is too great for anyone to understand, but families will praise your works. And the families to come will praise them. They will tell about your powerful acts. I will think, look at this, I will think about your shining greatness of your power and about your great works. Men will speak of your powerful acts. They feel some with fear. But he said, I'm going to tell everybody about your greatness. This new year, this is a whole year of promise, of waiting. But what happens will depend on how you see the days ahead. How you see the days ahead. How do you see it? Are you making plans for it? Are you making decisions in it? Colossians chapter 3. Look what it says here. Since you have been raised with Christ, set your sights on the realities of heaven. Set your sights on the reality, on the things above, not on earthly things. Why? Because God has given each of us a purpose. And as we focus on the purpose and our life pursuit becomes the passion of that purpose, then we will find satisfaction in our lives. Why? We'll speak it. We'll think it. We'll see it. We'll believe it. And all of it will come with fulfillment. God has given us peace in Him, hope in His promises, and joy in our salvation. That's why Matthew 6, as the worship team comes, says these words, don't worry about what we shall eat or wear or drink or anything like that. He said the world's looking for that stuff, but look what he says here. Seek first my kingdom and my righteousness. All that stuff I'll take care of. 
You see, ladies and gentlemen, the past does not have to be a predictor of the future. If we have an attitude, an attitude that he is the king, he is my source, he is my promise, and that attitude determines whether I'll be a success or a failure. No matter what, ladies and gentlemen, God says, if you'll let me be the crown of victory in your life, you'll never be alone in anything. You'll always have company through everything. You say, well, pastor, I just, I, I'm just not sure that I get it because, I mean, what about the difficulties? I thought if I gave my life to Christ, it was just going to be really good all the time. You'll have to talk to Daniel about that. He was the epitome of a man of God. And what did it get him? A lion's den. Hungry lions. But you know what? He didn't go in alone. You remember those angels that were encamped about the, the, the Syrian mountains with Elisha and his servant? And God said there's more for us than there are against us. You know when he went in that lion's den? I'm sure that there was a bunch of angels giving those lions kibble. Here's some catnip, boys. Now listen, the, the angels didn't want to fill their bellies because they knew three days later or two days later or the next day that they're going to have dinner served. So the, those angels had to leave the lions hungry. They just said, uh, this is not your style of meal right here. You remember that whole tongue thing? Daniel wouldn't betray God with his tongue. Remember Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego? God didn't keep them out of the furnace. You see, God says you can do all things. You know what he's telling you? You got a bunch of hungry lions? I can take care of them. You got a fire that you're facing? Don't worry. I'm the water of life. I can quench anything. Matthew 28, he said, I'm with you always, even to the end of age. Philippians 4, I can do all things. I love this passage. You put this one up, Deuteronomy 31. Look at this, look at this passage. He is the one that goes ahead of you. He said, I'll be with you. I will not fail you or forsake you, so don't be afraid. I've already been where you're going if you're stepping in the path that I set before you. That's why, ladies and gentlemen, it's so imperative to come to church. It's so imperative to come to church. I can't tell you how many people say, well, I, you know, I, I don't, I just, you know, I, I, love, I love God and I love church. I just don't like the people. Well, they may not like you either, but you still need to come. <laughs> Do you know why? Because, folks, we need each other. We need each other. Look at Ecclesiastes tells us two are better than one. Two are better than one. And then it says these words at the end in the 12th verse, a three-fold cord cannot easily be broken. I don't know where you're at, but I do know where God's at. He 
He's sitting right next to you. Asking you, can I have the throne of your life? You want this to be your best year ever? You want this to be your best year ever? Let him have the victor's crown. Let him have control of your life. Let him. Pastor Tim Masters with this week's message on the Destined to Win podcast. Destined to Win is made possible with the prayerful and financial support of those destined to win. To donate online, visit vlccaz.org. That's vlccaz.org. Destined to Win is a production of Victorious Life Christian Center with services Sunday mornings at 10 and Wednesday evenings at 630. Join us at 2615 East 7th Avenue across from Cal Ranch. I'm Joe Harding. From Pastor Tim Masters and the congregation at Victorious Life Christian Center, you're invited to join us here next week for another edition of the Destined to Win podcast.